Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm RJ. And we're so glad you're tuning in with us today. And hey, if it's your first time checking out New City Online and you're ready to take that step and connect with us, we want to make that as easy as possible. You can send me an email, rdasher at newcity.us, or you can go to our website, newcity.us slash connect. We also want to share that there's still time to give to our Christmas serve offering. Even though Christmas is past, we still want to give you that opportunity to give if you haven't done so already. And again, this year, like every other year, 100% of the Christmas serve offering goes out to the community to our partners. Again, head over to newcity.us give if you feel led to give to the Christmas serve offering. Also just want to share as we close out 2020, a, a huge thank you to the New City family. Once again, your generosity has overwhelmed us. We're so grateful and so thankful. As we close out 2020, just want to let you know there's still time to give in this calendar year through the 31st. We've had such a fun year launching New City Online. And in fact, we've had some great worship moments. So here's a look back at some of our favorite moments from 2020. might be a little out of breath right now, because I am, but if y'all could muster up some more strength and sing a little bit longer, this is so good. And I've carried a burden for too long on my own, and I wasn't created to bear it alone. your invitation to let it all go and I see it now yes I'm laying this down and I know that I need you I'll run to the Father fall into grace I'm done with the hiding no reason to wait and my heart So I run to the Father again and again and again and again and whoa and whoa. And you saw my condition had a plan from the sky. Your son for redemption 
before my first breath and running into your arms is running to life from death and I feel this rush deep in my chest your mercy it is calling me out and just as I am and you pull me I know I need you now My heart has been in your side Sing that out Long before my first breath And running into your arms Is running to life from death And I feel this right Oh, it's deep in my Yes, yeah, so-
Christmas, New City Church. We're so grateful to have you joining us today at New City Online as we finish our sermon series, What Child Is This? This is the final worship service of the year, and we're so grateful to have you. We've been walking through some different names of Jesus throughout the scriptures, and we're going to finish today with Jesus being the Lord of all from Philippians chapter 2. And we're so excited to have our executive pastor of all of our central ministries with us here today, Gabe Smith, to lead us in this final message. Gabe, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, if, this, if life is a journey, I think we are standing on a bridge. Uh, we're at a crossroads uh, as we look back on the year 2020, and we look ahead to the year 2021. And so this morning, I just want to take some time and, and look back and tell you a little bit about my story of 2020, and because I'm curious about what your story is as well. Um, As I think about 2020, I actually think back to August of 2019, which kind of set the stage for what 2020 would become for me, but I think is a precursor for all of us. So we were, I walked in my kitchen one day and opened a kitchen cabinet and pulled out a cutting board and realized it was covered in mold. And as I looked at things further, I realized that our dishwasher had been leaking for two to three months. And as we pulled back the floorboards, we realized that the damage was extensive. And so we undertook a giant home renovation project. And if you know me, you know I'm not incredibly handy. And so we, we didn't do the wise thing. We decided to save money and do this thing ourselves. And so we proceeded to dismantle our kitchen. So by the time we hit January, at the beginning of 2020, our kitchen was completely disassembled. We had no floors in the downstairs part of our house. And then by the time the pandemic hit in in March, we were only a little bit further along. So 2020 was characterized for me by a disassembling of my physical space. And I don't know about you, but the rest of the year kind of unraveled. And I would characterize the way that I experienced it as a ton of uncertainty. Um, Uncertainty about the future. um, Uncertainty about what would happen about job about school for children, just so many different complications in the year 2020. I wonder what that's been like for you. I imagine that some of you were wise enough not to disassemble your kitchen in the middle of a pandemic, but I would imagine that you had similar experiences of your life being unwound, of experiencing a ton of uncertainty. And If we watch the news, the world around us tells us a story, and the story isn't a good story. It's a story of of chaos and violence and fear, and the world basically says that we need to get the outside of our life put together, and then the inside of our life can can be made whole. Um, If we just can get our circumstances corrected around us, then we can have the inner peace that we look for. We can have the joy that we look for. We can have the certainty that we look for. And so we're all waiting for something to happen externally in our lives so that internally we can have the kind of life that we all long to live. Um, Well, as we think about 2020, we look to 2021, I think we're all hopeful that something will change. Something will be different. Um, I think so many of us are putting our hope in a vaccine Uh, a different government, uh, a school board policy, so many different external factors that we're looking to to see if these things could just come together, then inside uh, we would experience the kind of life that we long for. 
But as we look at the scriptures, God tells a different story. Um, His story is not a story from the outside in, it's a story from the inside out. And I want to read a text to you today from the book of Philippians, which is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And the circumstances of the church were not dissimilar to ours in the year 2020. Um, It was a time of great tumult. It was a time of oppression for Christians. In fact, Paul, as he's writing this letter, is writing it from a prison cell. And he's writing it to a fearful people who were full of uncertainty, um, full of uh, uncertainty about the future, about whether they would be imprisoned for their faith, about what the next year or months would look like. And so the text that we're going to read is Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, Being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." You see, what Paul is writing to the church in Philippi is a message that we need to hear is that the, the world's story doesn't have to be our story. We, we don't have to let the story that we hear on CNN and Fox News, we don't have to let the story of the chaos and the violence and the uncertainty around us define the story of our lives as his church, as God's people. In fact, what Paul says is, is that Uh, Our story is not defined by the world's story, but is defined by Jesus's story. If we look at verse 5, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And this might be one of the most profound statements in all of the scriptures. That it's it's saying that here is the mind of God. Here's the way that God perceives the world. Here's the very character of God. And it's not just that we can know what the mind of God is, but that we can actually have it uh, for ourselves, that we can actually let his mind influence our mind. So what is the mind of Christ? Well, it's it's contained in his story. Um, And so I want to take a look at what what is Jesus' story that's told here? And it's really three things. It's first of all, that Jesus was fully human. Jesus was fully human. And so the, the amazing thing about the Christmas season that we're celebrating right now is that the, the God who made all of creation that is outside of anything that is created entered into our world. The text says that, uh, that he entered into our world, that though he was in the form of God, he did not 
count equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. So God, who preexisted all of creation, um, descended and became one of us, and, and he lived among us. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for our stories as we sit on this crossroads between 2020 and 2021? Well, I think it means that we have a God who understands our circumstances. We have a God who knows what it's like to live in the world. He knows what it's like to be persecuted. He knows what it's like to live with deep uncertainty and fear. He knows what it's like to live in a community of people who aren't getting along with one another. It means that our our physical circumstances in our homes, in our jobs, in our schools, in our city, in our world, uh, are all things that God knows intimately and that he cares about and that he can relate to. And so the amazing thing about the Christian God that's different than every other God in any other religion is that our God put flesh on and came and dwelt among us and that he knows what we care about and he knows what it's like um, to live in the times that we live in. The second thing we learn about Jesus is that not only was he fully human, fully able to experience everything that it meant to be human, but that he was also fully God. It says that though he was in the form of God, though he was in the form of God, Jesus was 100% God. Um, He pre-existed all of creation. And throughout the scriptures, we see instances of a a pre-incarnate Christ uh, entering into the story. But when God chose to fully reveal himself, uh, it it was God who descended into our world so that we could see him, so that we could understand him. And the important thing about Jesus's deity is that he is all-powerful, um, that he is all-knowing, that he is outside of our time, that he is not confined by our uncertainties, that he is not confined by our government, that he is not confined by the things that we are concerned about, but his objectives for the world are beyond the things that we know about because he is above all things. The third thing that we learn about Jesus in this text is that he is a servant. Jesus is a servant. In verses six through eight, we read that though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. So when Jesus came into our world, he came as an all-powerful God who could have ruled his king. He could have taken over. He could have done anything that he wanted to do. In fact, when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, one of the temptations was to grab the power of the world, um, was just just to take power, um, just to do amazing things, um, just to solve the problems of the world. And I think so much of the time, Um, we can resonate with that same temptation, can't we? As we think about our lives, as we think about our uncertainties, um, we really just want the world to be right. But as we look at the the magnitude of the problems that we're faced with, especially now, we have to realize that the problems of the world are beyond us. um, And that even when Jesus was on earth, he rejected the temptation to grab power. And instead, what did he do? He revealed the character of God, which was to take on the nature of a servant 
And, and even though he was powerful, he became obedient to the point of death. And he submitted himself to, the, to death as a criminal would experience on the cross. And he looked not only to his own needs, but to the needs of others, to the needs of you and to the needs of me. So Jesus is fully human. Jesus is fully God. And Jesus is a servant. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, when we look at his story, what we see is that the answer, the way that we can find a way out of our uncertainty, a way out of our fear, a way to experience the life that we want to be a part of is to look to the life of Jesus and to realize that we find security because he is God. We find hope because he was fully human and that we find an example because he was a servant. Finally, we see in verses 9 through 11 that Jesus most significantly is also Lord. That Jesus' story didn't end with his incarnation. It didn't end with him just descending and, and dwelling among us and showing us how to live a fully human life. It didn't end with his death on the cross. Um, it didn't even end with his resurrection. That it ends in a different way. Verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How amazing is that? That we serve a God who is a servant and is a Lord all at the same time. We serve a God that gives us hope because we know that the problems that we're facing, the uncertainties that we're facing, will one day pass away. And they'll pass away because Jesus will return and he'll reign in fullness as the Lord of all of creation and that everyone in every part of creation will submit ultimately to his authority. Friends, because of his story, the world's story is not your story. Let me say that again. Because of Jesus' story, the world's story does not have to be your story. And so I want to encourage you as we're standing at this crossroads uh, in between two incredible points in time in human history, um, an unprecedented, unprecedented year behind us where we've all experienced things that we never imagined that we would. And as we look into a year really uncertain about what the world has for us, whether we'll have a job, um, whether our children will be back in school, whether we'll remain healthy, whether our loved ones will remain healthy, whether we'll be able to convene together next Christmas in a way that we have for centuries, or whether we'll be locked down in a pandemic. As we think about all of those uncertainties on, on both sides of 2020 and 21, let us remember that because of the story of Jesus, that he is fully human, that he is fully God, that he came as a servant and that he will rule as Lord over all of creation, that because of that, uh, we can have hope. Well, what does that look like to have hope? Um, not just for the future, not just at a time when we die and our lives end and then we get to be with Jesus. You know, sometimes I think that is um, the story that we tell ourselves about Christian hope is that this world is terrible, but it's okay because one day, you know, we'll, we'll die and this life will end and we'll get to be with Jesus in heaven. Um, 
But actually, there's, there's two parts of that that are, are wrong. Um, the first part is that because of his story, when we have his mind, when we, in other words, when we put his story in front of the story of the world, when we view the things that are happening in our lives, the things that are happening around us, not through the lens of the world's story, but through the lens of Jesus's story, um, that we have this renewed capacity to live at peace, to have peace individually um, with God, with ourselves, but more significantly that we get to be a part of a community of God's people where we get to experience on this side of eternity a taste of what it will look like when Jesus fully reigns and when all the sad things become untrue eventually. Well, this passage actually in the beginning um, starting in, in verse 1, talks to us about what such a community could look like. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, in other words, if you, re- if you read those, um, that statement, it's really a statement about the Trinity, isn't it? If there's any encouragement in the Son, Christ, any comfort from the love of the Father, any participation in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in other words, when we participate and find our life hidden in the life of the community of the Trinity, of Father, Son, and Spirit, right? That we have a capacity to have the same love, to be in full accord and of one mind with one another. Paul instructs the the Christians in Philippi that are struggling just as we're struggling to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility to count others more significant than yourselves, to let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Can you imagine what it would feel like, what it would be like to be in a community, to be in a family, to be in a church where everyone took responsibility for having the mind of Christ, where everyone said, you know what, I'm not going to take up power. I'm not going to just seek to get my own way, but actually I'm going to lay down my preferences. I'm going to look to the interest of the others in my community, that I'm going to seek unity, that I'm going to make love the number one um, decision factor in my life. I'm going to pursue the way of love in absolutely everything that I do. Can you imagine what a community would look like, what it would feel like to dwell in such a place as that? You know, as I think about that, that's the longing of my heart, for my own family, um, that we would be a family that um, would deeply identify with Jesus as Lord and that we would live out of that truth, again, putting on the mind of Christ as we look at the chaos around us, the uncertainty around us as a family, that we could look through this lens of Jesus as Lord and we could take advantage of that and that we could leverage the power of Jesus to actually love one another as we are fully loved ourselves. I also think about what it would look like for our church to be such a community. Can you imagine being part of a church where no one did anything out of selfish or vain conceit, that everyone looked to the interest of others first and foremost, that our way was the way of love, and that we did that not out of um, a sense of pride, not out of a sense of being better than others, but simply because we were following the way of Jesus who denied uh, his place in the Godhead and, and actually 
um, descended to be among us and submitted himself to death on a cross. I think that would be an incredible community to be a part of. And that's my prayer for us, um, that we would be a church like that and that the love that would resonate through us would do something amazing in the world around us as well. Well, what does that look like to apply that? It's, it's easy to say, like, look at the story of Jesus um, and, and reject the story of the world and live out of that. But the reality is the story of the world is all-consuming, isn't it? It's in front of us every day. Um, well, I want to um, encourage you and challenge you this morning uh, to pray a prayer with me. And this is an ancient prayer, um, and it's a simple prayer. And, and I want to encourage us for the next week as we prepare to head fully over this bridge and leave 2020 behind and look forward to 2021, that what if we all pray this prayer together uh, as a way of putting God's story, the story of Jesus, uh, at, the, at the front of everything that we're looking at in life. And here's the prayer. It's simple. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Let me say that again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Would you consider praying that with me over the next week? Would you consider putting the story of Jesus, remembering that he was fully human, that he understands your circumstances, remembering that he is fully God, that he is fully in charge, that he is a servant, and that the way that he uh, lived his life is an example of the way that we're to live in our families, in our community. And that finally that Jesus is Lord and that he will one day return to rule over all of creation. Would you pray that with me over the next week and let us remember what Christ has done. And I pray that we would live in light of his story, remembering that the story of the world does not define us but it's the story of Jesus that defines us in our life. To Christ be the glory. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for what you have done. We thank you that you are fully human, that you came and made your home among us. Lord, we thank you that you are fully God, that you are all-powerful, all-knowing. Lord, we thank you that you've given us a way to live in this world that no matter what we face, no matter what uncertainties we face, no matter what challenges come our way, Lord, that we can be certain that we can love one another, that we can follow you, that we can choose to view our lives um, through the lens of your story. We thank you, Lord, and we ask for your help as we pray over the next week, that you would give us a renewed perspective and that your life in us uh, would be a beacon of light for the world. And we pray in the precious name, the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen.